This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. I want to share with you guys today about wonderful counsel. And, you know, uh, this is a passage of promise. And when we uh, begin to understand that this season of our life, and so many, so many times we get lost in terminology or ideology or just plain, uh, we've heard it so many times. And we miss the weight, or I would even say rather the anointing of the truth. You know, we, we talk about the truth shall set us free. Well, if a truth sets us free, then a lie puts us in bondage. And I mean, I think so many times we miss um, the space of this truth, Emmanuel, God is with us. Because we're so busy. We've got trials, we've got uh, scenarios, we've got things we have to accomplish. There's things we need to do, things that we need to undo, um, problems that arose. And and sometimes we're uh, going, God, where are you? And God has never left. He's God with us. He's God with us. And so God with us is not a new thing. From Genesis, for the very beginning, we know that Adam and Eve had God with them. And then we find out from the, you know, from just a a poor choice on their life because they wanted more out of life. And don't raise your hand on you, but how many of us don't want more out of life? But because they wanted more out of life than their current scenario, they were led astray, they were led away from the presence of God. We would call that lust. And lust has a, you know, it's a fancy word for basically a craving inside of us to not to be content with, you know, God and who God is in our life. God with us. And so when we find from that moment on, and God is always still trying to visit his people, and he visits them, and, you know, burning bush, and visits him on a mountain, shakes the mountain, Ten Commandments, and we see that there's a, a pillar of a, a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud. So we see him in the presence. We see an Ark of the Covenant. So, you know, when, when the people heard that God was with them, that it wasn't a new thing, but it was a new thing that God himself would inhabit man again. Emmanuel. That was new. God hadn't, the presence of God in that level hadn't really been in the presence of man since Adam and Eve. The presence of God, God, that Adam and Eve were made in his image. And that was the redemptive plan that we would bear the image and the plan of God inside of life. That God would be us. And I was watching this particular teaching of the Holy Spirit recently and it said that God is with us, he's in us, and he's upon us. And it was representative of the Holy Spirit. He's with us, he's in us. And he's upon us. And so I began to do some reflection. And I, I, I want you to do that this whole month. Reflect. Is he with you? Is he in you? Is he upon you? Are all of those true scenarios in the space of your devotions? And if you're not doing devotions, I would challenge you, how in the world can, they, can God be with you if you're not in the space of devotions? Because the word became flesh. And the only way that God's presence can be with you is through his word. That's the beginning space. 
You say, well, Pastor Ron, I thought you just talked about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always show you the presence of God through the Word. I'll say it again. He'll always show you the presence of God through the Word. So if you want more of God in your life, then really what you're really saying is, I want more of His, His Word in my life. More of His Word. And it's not how much you can read. It's literally the space and presence of God in the Word. And today, as we open up the Scripture, I want you to turn with me to Daniel chapter 2. And we're gonna, it's going to be a couple minutes before we get there, but I want you to turn there, Daniel chapter 2. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the wonderful counsel. We're going to talk about God being present with us and giving us the space of counsel. Because every one of us need counsel. The Word of God says that we're going to be kings and priests, and that's who we are in this new order, which means God says, I am going to redeem my plan, and I'm going to make you kings and priests, which means that a king has directives and has authority. A priest is in the presence of God and understands the presence of God, who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So as we turn in our Bibles to Daniel chapter 2, there's a couple of other passages I want to read to you. One is in Matthew 1.23, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him, can we say that with some little bit of joyous spirit on it? We will call him, because see, you can say things with authority. You know when when you're talking to God's, you know, God's kids or you're talking to your own kids, when you say things with authority, your children take attention. When you say things underneath your breath, usually you have to repeat yourself until it's said with authority. When you get the word of God, it needs to be an authority in your life. So when you begin to speak the word, don't mutter it. Recognize the power of it. They shall be called, he shall be called Emmanuel, God, which means God is with us. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with the fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I am so grateful that you sent your son Jesus to bring a redemptive plan. Thousands of years that you waited for the perfect time for him to come on this earth. Just like you are waiting now for thousands of years after he's been here for the perfect time for him to come back. Lord, we're a restless people. Lord, we are a people, Father, that can be prone to follow our own lust and nature, even as Adam and Eve did. We ask that by your Holy Spirit that you would give us ears and to hear the truth today and eyes to see the space of where you are and what you're doing today and a perceptive heart that would be willfully and passionately follow you. Thank you for your truth today. May it come alive. May it produce your plan inside of our lives and inside of this church family. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, before we get to Daniel chapter two, I wanna um, read just a couple things. There are only a few points I wanna share with you that are so important about God being the wonderful counsel, which means that I should be in the presence of wonderful counsel if God is with me. 
If God is with you, you should be in the space of wonderful counsel. Now, I, I understand the, in fact, I was with my mentor this week, Pastor Dwayne, and then I was also with a very good friend, Pastor Bobby Bogart from Link. So today I had counsel, this week I had counsel from two great men of God. But let me just know, tell you something, they w- would be the first one to tell you that they're not the wonderful counselor. They would be the ones, they're following the same wonderful counsel that I am, the same wonderful counsel that you are. And it's great to get the counsel of man inside of our life, but we need to get in the space of the wonderful counselor. I'm gonna give you some examples of how that happened in, my, in, in the presence of my life, just some of them, but uh, they are just areas that, uh, of hardships that I went through, very hard hardships in my life that I've gone through where the wonderful counsel showed up. Point number one, God is with us as a wonderful counselor, and he knows the whole story. He knows the story. He has chapters in your life that aren't even written yet. He knows your past, he knows your present, and he also knows your future. How many of you want to get attached? Because see, what we, the world's counsel can just give you counsel from their experience, history. But a wonderful counselor can give you the insight of your tomorrows. Amen? Let me just tell you something. His presence in your life was there in every moment. Your hurt is his hurt. You're not going to catch God off guard in your journey. You're not going to catch him off guard in your journey. Let me just share some things that I needed wonderful counsel in some areas in my life of great hardships. When I lost my first grandchild, when my son went off in the Navy, when a mentor turned his back on me, when my closest friends abandoned my wife and I after we started this church, accusations that I had built a retirement home for myself when it was a retreat center for the church to find his presence, when I lost a son-in-law to the lust of this world and holding my daughter all in her pain, seeing my wife healed of all her migraines, a loss of a nephew and the family pain that went through it, Revelations 3.10, just this morning, my wife and I were in devotions. This is what God spoke. He says, because you've obeyed my command to persevere through all of these things and many more, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. Man, I thought those were already the great test. I thought each and one of those events in my life were going to be things I was going to succumb to. And there's so many more. But if you were to ask my wife and I and say, what is, you know what, how are you doing? And even in those moments of our life, in those great tests of our life, we would be saying we're doing great because Emmanuel lives in us. It is not about our circumstances. Our circumstances have been hard and difficult to face. But it's because the Emmanuel lives in us. Greater is he that is in us. And I had never really seen this passage where God commands us to persevere. When I'm going through a hardship, nothing's too hard for God. Amen? And God is going to give us counsel in every single time we got in the presence of God. And God got us through. Every single time. And you know what? We became stronger in the Lord. We waxed stronger in God. The Bible says it very clearly. Be thanks for when we go through these trials. Because what they produce, and what do they produce? They produce perseverance inside of us. Number two, wonderful counselor knows the path you should take and how to get back on the right path. How many of you have gotten off? Don't raise your hand here. How many of you got off track and you know what? Just got off the right the path for a bit. 
And you know what, in, in our lives, so many times that can be like, if you're reading the book of Revelation, where it says that all these different churches, all these different churches, God was saying, this you're doing right, but you're still doing this wrong. And then he would end, for he who has ears to hear, let him hear. If you're in the, if you get in the space in the presence of God, how many of you realize that God is going to point out something that is really holding you off in your relationship? I see this all the time in marriages where they make a covenant with each other and they think that their marriage is always going to be this happy, joyous moment and that they're never going to have any arguments. In fact, if you're counseling with me, I will always ask you, so how did the first fight go? Because if you haven't had an argument, I'd like to start one with you. Because I want to know how you hold together through the argument, not how you hold together through all of the, you know, the joyous moments. Because that's easy. Perseverance doesn't come through the idea of, well, that's just exciting and you all of a sudden you got a raise or, or all of a sudden you got a, you're on vacation or maybe you just got that promotion that you've always been dreaming. That, that doesn't take anything to persevere out of that. It takes when you lost the promotion. And I can tell you times in my life where I acted like such a child. I can still see times, even presently in my walk, where I'm in the, and I'm getting in the presence of God and how quickly I get out of that space and still act like a child. You know what a child does? They, they get mad when they don't get their own, their own way. And God says that his love, which is discipline, it says it puts away childish ways. So every one of these tests that come inside of our life are literally tested in your life so that you would put away a childish way about you. So inside your marriage, there's going to be childish ways. Inside of you raising your kids. Inside of the space of you and your workplace. Inside of the space of you and your church family. God is always longing to bring you into a space for you to persevere and put away childish ways about us. And how does he do that? Well, I'm going to tell you something. A wonderful counselor will give you insight and wisdom that you'll see inside. All of a sudden, you're going to see things that are inside. Whoa. You know, there's, there, what I find is I'm an ogre. I got layers of nonsense. Okay? I'll just get to a space where I'm thinking, man, me and you, God, we're, we're getting this together. And all of a sudden, here comes a, another test that came in my life and revealed a depth of ogre in me I did not even know was there. And you know what I say immediately? Thanks, God, for reveal, revealing to me yet how much I still am a sinner. Thank you, God, that you didn't turn your back on me, even though you saw that layer. I thought I was getting somewhere. I really thought, ooh, 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 man, we're really getting this done. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a layer of tests brought out a depth in my life that I didn't even know. And yet, God, you knew that was there all along. You knew the secret places of my heart. You knew the intentions of my heart. You knew how I was going to react. You brought that test or allowed that test in my life, knowing how I was going to react like a child. And yet, you stayed the course with me and walked with me through it all. You helped me persevere in the space of all of it because you truly love. That's what love is. Love sees me on the other side of that. Number three, wonderful counselor is always with you and always available. Always available. No matter where you are at, he is always available. So I want to uh, have you uh, turn to Daniel chapter two. We're going to read um, quite a few verses today. I want you to get into the historical moment here. 
Now, Daniel chapter, uh, Daniel chapter 2 talks about this man named Daniel, obviously. Now, what you don't know is that that man is, that's not his real name, his first name. He was given a different name, and he was stripped of his identity. He was stripped of his identity as a man. He was stripped from his family. He moved into a different city, a different place where he had to learn all these different religions, and he also had to learn a different uh, culture. He's put into that culture, learning a new language, learning, learning about all these other gods that he didn't believe in, and trying to stay true to his God. So many of us sit there and think we, we have to fight hardships. What this man had to fight is beyond me and my understanding. And what I want to share with you today, the reason we're using Daniel is like, because he had an in-touch space with God as a wonderful counselor. And see, if you hang around with God and you understand God as a healer, God's going to bring his healing through you, in you, and upon you. If you understand God as prosperity, he's going to bring his prosperity in you, through you, and upon you. If you understand God as love, that God's going to bring his power of love in you, with you, and you guys getting this? And upon you, wherever the Holy Spirit is, he's, now, but what area, whatever you don't know God, as Emmanuel, God is with us. That space, even though God is with you, it can't come through you, in you, and upon you. And this world needs the Holy Spirit in you, through you, and upon you. This world needs to see that God is resident inside of our lives. Not just resident in these four walls, but resident in mankind. The Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It needs to come to that point where the word, meaning the power of God's word, the power and anointing of God's presence is in us, with us, and upon us, and it's moving on planet earth. That's what the Lord is longing to do. Not that the presence of your problem is in you, through you, and upon you. Not the presence of your financial stress is in you, through you, and upon you. Not the presence of your sickness is in you, through you, and upon you. Are you understanding? Because God with you is greater than any of the presence of your issues. Greater is God that is in you, through you, and upon you than anything that you're facing in you, through you, and upon you. I hope you guys catch it. I'm still trying to catch it, all right? 600 years ago, I'm sorry, 600 years BC before Jesus was here, a man named Daniel came on this land and God worked inside of this man as a teenager, as a young teenager. And God did the miraculous through this man and showed the wonderful counsel of his plan. So I'm gonna start with reading verse one. One night during the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. He called in his magicians, his enchanters, his sorcerers, and astrologers, and he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed. Now I want you to know that Daniel was being trained yet. He wasn't one of his, the dream team. He's still being trained. As I stood before the king, he said, I have had a dream that deeply troubles me, and I must know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, long live the king, tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. 
But the king said to the astrologers, I'm serious about this. If you don't tell me what the dream was and what it means, you will be torn limb from limb and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. But if you tell me what my dream is and what the dream means, I'll give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. They said again, please, your majesty, tell us the dream and we will tell you what it means. The king replied, I know what you're doing. You're stalling for time because you know I'm serious when I say, if you don't tell me the dream, you're doomed. So you have conspired to me lies hoping I'll change my mind. But tell me the dream and then I'll know that you can tell me what it means. The astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. And no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The king demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream and they do not live here among people. Verse 11, I want to contend, I have a contention with. God lives among his... God lives among his. So what's happening is we have a historical moment of Emmanuel. We have a historical God came upon his people in certain times and seasons. So here we go, verse 12. The king was furious when he heard this. And he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill him... Daniel handled the the situation with wisdom and discretion. He asked Arach, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? So Arach told him all that had happened, and Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. Then Daniel went home and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what had happened. He urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised God of heaven. He said, praise the name of God forever and ever. For all he has is all his wisdom and power. He controls the course of this world's events. He removes kings and sets them up. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he is surrounded by light. I thank and I praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. You have told me what we have asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. He thinks Daniel had some time with the wonderful counselor. Then Daniel went to see Arioch, whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon. Daniel said to him, don't kill the wise men. Take me to the king and I will tell you him the meaning of the dream. Arioch quickly took Daniel to the king and said, I have found one of the captives from Judah who will tell the king the meaning of his dream. The king said to Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, is this true? Can you tell me what my dream was and what it means? Daniel replied, there are no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret, but there is a, say it with me, a God in heaven who reveals secrets. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay in your bed. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events. He reveals secrets, has shown you what is going to happen. And it's not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secret of your dream, but because God wants you to understand what was in your heart. In your vision, your majesty, you saw standing before you a huge shining statue of a man. It was frightening sight. The head of the statue was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron and its feet were a combination of iron and baked clay. As you watched, a rock was cut from a mountain, but not by human hands. 
It struck the feet of iron and clay and smashing them to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then the wind blew away them away with a trace, without a trace, like a chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down became a great mountain that covered the whole earth. That was your dream. Now we will tell the king what it means. Your majesty, you are the greatest of kings. The God of heaven has given you sovereignty, power, and strength, and honor. He has made you the ruler of all the inhabited world and has put even the wild animals and birds underneath your control. You are, and you are the head of gold. But after your kingdom comes to an end, another kingdom inferior to yours will rise and take your place. And after that, a kingdom has fallen. Yet a third kingdom, represented by bronze, will also rise to rule. Following that kingdom, there will be a fourth one as strong as iron. The kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires just as iron smashes and crushes everything in strikes. The feet and toes you saw were a combination of iron baked clay showing that this kingdom will be divided like iron mixed with clay. It will have some of the strength of iron but while some parts of it be as strong as iron other parts will be as weak as clay. This mixture of iron clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliance with each other through intermarriage but they will not hold together just as iron and clay do not mix. During the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness and it will stand forever. That is the meaning of the rock cut from the mountain, though not by human hands that crushed to pieces the state statue of iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold, that the great God was showing the king what will happen in the future. The dream is true and its meaning is certain. Then King Nebuchadnezzar threw himself down before Daniel worshiped and he commanded his people to offer sacrifice, to burn sweet incense before him. The king said to Daniel, truly your God is the greatest of gods, the Lord of kings, the revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal the secret. Then the king appointed Daniel to a high position and gave him valuable gifts. He made Daniel ruler of all whole province of Babylon, as well as chief over all his wise men. Daniel requested the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon while Daniel remained in the king's court. So now a lot of us could just read a historical moment like that and go, wow, that's a cute story, Pastor Ron. I'm really glad you shared that. But what you don't really realize is that what just happened was is Daniel had a moment with the wonderful counselor. And that God being with us, he wants all of us to have the space of time with, uh, say it with me, wonderful if God is with us then the wonderful counselor is with us if God is with us the wonderful counselor is with us and what we need to do is we got to stop being like Moses who was looking at a burning bush and he didn't just stand there and look at it; he drew near it he says I can't just look at this thing because it's just awkward and weird I need to walk toward it you need to be present with God as a wonderful counsel. Next week we'll be talking about a mighty God. God is an almighty God, all-powerful, magnificent God. But today we're talking about a wonderful counselor. Many of you are facing spaces in your life and you're wondering what is going on with this world? This world is chaotic. Let me just share with you some of the things that in the moment of this wonderful counselor, here's what happened. What was happening is Babylon was the head, the head of gold. That was Nebuchadnezzar, 600 years. Silver was the medial Persian empire that took over the Babylonian in 539. The bronze was the Greek empire. And then the legs of iron were the Roman empire. All of this happened. So we had 600 years that were being spoken of in four different time periods. 
Here's what's going on is that, that we're having a man who's spinning, just a man. Daniel is a man. And we are men and women in the image of God. And God wants us to take time to be in the presence of the Emmanuel. And the Emmanuel wants to take the time to be with us. He's longing for that. He's wanting that. It's not just a cute story. It's a space of intersection for our lives. And if we are not mindful of it, then we are absent from it. We do not want to be absent-minded from the space of what God has called us to be, amen? And we need to be mindful of all God has done in our life. The biggest thing that Satan has always had to work with is blindness and ignorance. And when he keeps us in blindness and ignorance, we don't know all that God's design was. And God says, I want to give you eyes to see, ears to hear, a perceptive heart of my plan. And we capture this moment in history on purpose because God wants these historical moments for you. What if you were the person who's spending time in your workplace, in your shop, when everybody's all fretting about what's going on? And everybody's worried about well, maybe the shop's going to sell to another, you know, another buyer. Or maybe they're going to take on new leadership again. Maybe they're going to downsize. I just heard about what, you know, what somebody's going to start doing with Great Lakes Ford through an indirect relationship. And they're going to get rid of, they were going to think about getting rid of all their salesmen and do everything different. And they're looking at this alignment, how they're going to run and, and, and run the businesses of auto. Let me just tell you something. You can get full of fear like Nebuchadnezzar was. And he, all of a sudden he began to see in this dream and all the things that seemed to be crumbling apart. That was his dream. He was his second year of reign. What do you want to do in your second year of reign? What do you want to do in your second year of marriage? What do you want to do in your second year of raising kids? You want it all to come to pass. You got a dream. You got a hope inside of you. The last thing you want to do is have a dream where it's all falling apart. And at the very end, you see a rock that comes up and begins to crush it all from underneath you. No wonder he was seeking counsel. No wonder he was so shaken up by it. I think you should be shaken up by the world so that you can spend time with the wonderful counselor. That he might show you things to come. Now, I, probably you're not going to get 600 years. But you might get a year. You might get a, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. You might get a space of hope and directive from God that everybody around you will begin to hold on to because the Emmanuel is with you. And they're going to look at you and go, well, how do you know that? I go, I just know because God is with me and upon me and through me. Verse 32 the head of the statue was made of fine gold. And then we find in verse 44, during the reigns of those kings, God, the God of heaven, will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. He's talking about Jesus. It will crush all these kingdoms into nothingness and it will stand forever. That is the meaning of the rock cut from the mountain, though not by human hands. Jesus wasn't born by human hands. The Holy Spirit brooded over Mary. She became pregnant because of the Holy Spirit coming over her. And it crushed a piece of the statue of iron and bronze, clay. There is going to be a space of time where everything that we know of is gonna be crushed. Everything that we believe in is gonna be crushed other than Emmanuel. And that very rock, he is the rock. And that very rock is gonna rise up and become a mountain. 
And that mountain is going to be a directive. Just like it was in the Old Testament, it's going to shake. Will we be like the Israelites when the mountain is shaken? Will we go, Moses, you go for us. Pastor Ron, you go for us. Or, you know, you know elder so-and-so, you go for us. Or will we be of the people that are so longing for the presence of God? It doesn't matter if my life's shaken. It doesn't matter if my marriage is shaken. It doesn't matter if the school is shaken. It doesn't matter if the judicial system's shaken. It doesn't matter what's going on. I am pressing in for God is with me and through me and upon me. I don't want to take anything but Emmanuel with me. And I want his counsel in this hour of my life. I don't want what the world has. I'm not going to turn to Google for what's going on in the future. I'm going to turn to the wonderful counselor. I am so glad that I did not listen to man's wisdom in the space of what was going on in my life. I'm so glad that the wonderful counselor allowed my life to love in in times where it just seemed that I was just frustrated. Things in the world didn't seem to be materializing, coming together the way I'd wanted them or even prayed about them. And yet God, the Emmanuel was still with me. The wonderful counselor was with me and he goes, my hour, my ways and my thoughts are still working inside of you. I'm so glad that God didn't create everything I see in one day. He chose to do it in many days. Now, if that's the God that chose to do it in many days, who am I to get frustrated that it ain't all done today? What kind of counsel am I listening to, even in my own thoughts? God, why isn't it done today? I'm just, I'm tired of what's going on in my life. I'm tired, I'm frustrated. Why isn't this changing? Or do I trust the God that shaped today, that today is going to help shape tomorrow? And if I'm, let me just tell you something, I just share this with a brother. If I'm unthankful for today, then today will be my tomorrow. Because there's one, one ingredient, I'm going to call it the leaven of the Holy Spirit, the thing that rises God, is gratitude. Why do you think this is a season of thanksgiving? Why do you think this is a season of gratitude, a season of rejoicing? Because if you're sitting there frustrated in the space of your, whatever's going on in your life, I gave you a list of all kinds of crazy things that happened in my life. But I learned a long time ago, you complain, you remain. You praise, he'll raise you to another place. It is time, church. It is time to praise. It is time to worship. It is time to sense Emmanuel. God is with us. And he is longing for his wonderful counselor to not just be present in your life, but to lead your life. Are you taking time? Or are you just trying to figure it all on your own? Many are the plans of man, but the Lord is the establishment of them all. If you ever get with me, I have so many plans. <laughs> I am not a lack of ideas. But I recognize the space of the wonderful counselor in my life. He always gets first place. And sometimes it takes a little bit of losing Ron to gain God. Father, thank you. Lord, for this the simplicity. Lord, you've been sharing with me that as John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus, I believe, Jesus, you're coming back soon. And 
as John the Baptist prepared that way, which means a, a space of repentance. Father, I pray that all of us come to that area in our life of repentance. That God, that we, we get into your counsel. What is man? What is it that we've ever done or ever thought of doing that could really hit the mark? But when we get in the space of your presence, greatness, Father God, Lord, greatness of who you are, greatness of your love, greatness of your hope, greatness of your forgiveness, greatness of your insight, greatness of your designs. Greater are you than all this junk that's in this world. If you're here this morning, maybe you're watching this online right now, and God's, the presence of God, the presence of his mighty counsel right now is triggered, knocking on your heart. Come to me, all you who are heavy, worried. Like Nebuchadnezzar, so fearful of tomorrow because the presence of your day. God has a plan for your life. And that plan is to surrender to him. I want you to pray this prayer and then we're going to worship God in the space of that surrender. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I surrender my life. And I thank you that you sent Jesus to be Emmanuel. God is with us. Jesus, you sent the Holy Spirit to live in, through, and upon my life. So here I am. Have me in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and worship our King. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.